Well, there'll be plenty of tuneropathy for questions and his opposition at the end of the Horatian, when the pulpit will be thrown open to anyone as likes to debate the question. I now call upon the professor to proceed with the second part of his Horatian, and anyone who interrupts will get a lick under the air roll with this, moving the hammer, and the body will be chucked out of the bloody window. Loud cheers greeted this announcement. It was still raining heavily, so they thought it might as well pass the time listening to Barrington as any other way. Well, a large part of the land may be got back in the same way as it was taken from us. The ancestors of the present landowners obtained possession of it by simply passing acts of enclosure. The nation should regain the possession of those lands by passing acts of resumption. And, with regard to the other land, the present holders should be allowed to retain possession of it during their lives, and then it should revert to the state to be used for the benefit of all. Britain should belong to the British people, not to a few selfish individuals. As for the railways, well, they've always been nationalised in some other countries. And what other countries can we, we can do? They can do also. Well, one from the other way round, I think. What they can do, we can do also. In New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, Germany, Belgium, Italy and Japan and some other countries of some of the railways are already the property of the state. And for the methods by which we can obtain possession of them, well, the difficulty is not to discover a method, but rather to decide which of many methods we're going to adopt. One method would be to simply pass an act declaring that it was contrary to the public interest that they should be owned by private individuals, and the railways would henceforth be the property of the nation. All railways... Servants, managers, officials, they'd all continue their employment, and the only difference being that they'd now be in the employ of the state. As to shareholders, yeah, well, they could all be knocked on the head, I suppose, interrupted Crass. Yeah, or go to the workhouse, said Slime. Or go to hell, suggested the man behind the moat. The state would continue to pay to the shareholders the same dividends that they received on an average for, say, the previous three years. And these payments would be continued to be to the present shareholders for life. Or the payments might be limited to a, a stated number of years. And the shares could be made non-transferable, like the railway tickets of today. As for the factories and shops and the other means of production and distribution, the state must adopt the same methods of doing business as the present owners. I mean that even as the big trusts and companies are crushing by competition the individual workers and small traders, so the state should crush the trusts by competition. Uh, it's surely justifiable for the state to do for that for the benefit of the whole people. 
with which the capitalists are already doing for the profit of a few stakeholders. The first step in this direction will be the establishment of retail stores for the purpose of supplying all national and municipal employees with the necessities of life at the lowest possible prices. At first, the administration will purchase these things from the private manufacturers in such large quantities that they'll be able to obtain them at the very cheapest rate. And as there will be no heavy rents to pay for showy shops and no advertising expenses, and as the object of the administration will be not to make a profit, but to supply its workmen with and officials with goods at the lowest price, they'll be able to sell them much cheaper than the profit-making private stores. And the National Service retail stores will be for the benefit of only those in the public service, and the gold and silver or copper money will not be accepted in payment for the things sold. At first, all public servants will continue to be paid in metal money, but those who desire it will be paid all or part of their wages in paper money of the same nominal value, which will be accepted in payment for the purchases of the national stores and at the national hotels and restaurants and other places which will be established for the convenience of those in the state service. The money will resemble banknotes. It will be made of a special, very strong paper and will be of all values, from a penny to a pound. And as the National Service stores will sell practically everything that can be obtained elsewhere, and as 20 shillings in paper money will be able to purchase much more at the stores than 20 shillings of metal money would purchase anywhere else, it will not be long before nearly all the public servants will prefer to be paid in paper money. As far as paying the salaries and wages of most of its officials and workmen is concerned, the administration will not then have any need of metal money, but it will supply metal money to pay the private manufacturers who supply the goods sold in the national stores. But, and all these things are made by labour, so in order to avoid having to pay metal money for them, the state will now commence to employ productive labour. And all the public land suitable for the purposes will be put into cultivation and state factories will be established for manufacturing food and boots and clothing and furniture and all the other necessities and comforts of life. All those who are out of employment and willing to work will be given employment on these farms and in these factories. In order that the men employed shall not have to work unpleasantly hard, that their hours of labour may be as short as possible, at first say eight hours a day, and also to make sure that the greatest possible quantity of everything shall be produced, these factories and farms will be equipped with the most up-to-date and efficient labour-saving machinery, and the people employed in the farms and factories will be paid with paper money. The commodities that they produce 
will go to replenish the stocks of the national service stores, where the workers will be able to purchase with their paper money everything that they need. And we shall employ the greatest possible number of labour-saving machines and adopt the most scientific methods in our farms and factories. The quantities of goods shall be able to produce will be so enormous that we'll be able to pay our workers very high wages in paper money. And we shall be able to sell our produce so cheaply that all public servants will be able to enjoy an abundance of everything. When the workers who are being exploited and sweated by the private capitalists realise how much worse off they are than the workers and the employed or state, they'll come and ask to be allowed to work for the state and also for the paper money. And that'll mean that the state army of productive workers will continually be increasing in numbers and more state factories will be built and more land will be put into cultivation. And men will be given employment making bricks and woodwork and paints and glass and wallpaper and all kinds of building materials. And others will be set to work building on state land beautiful houses which will be let to those employed in the service of the state. And the rent will be paid for in paper money. State fishing fleets will be established and the quantities of commodities of all kinds of produce will be so great that the state employees and the officials will not be able to use it all and with their paper money they'll be able to buy enough and more than enough to satisfy all their needs abundantly but there'll still be a great and continuously increasing surplus stock in the possession of the state and the socialist administration will now acquire or build fleets of steam trading vessels which will, of course, be manned and officered by state employees, same as the Royal Navy is now. And these fleets of national trading vessels will carry the surplus stock that I've mentioned to foreign countries, and there we'll sell or exchange them for some of the products of those countries, things that we don't produce ourselves. And these things will be brought to England and sold at the national service stores at the lowest possible price for paper money, for those in the service of the state. And this, of course, will only have the effect of introducing greater variety into the stocks, and it will not diminish the surplus, as there will be no sense in continuing to produce more of these things than necessary, then it would be the duty of the administration to curtail or restrict production of the necessities of life. And this can be done by reducing the hours of the workers, without reducing their wages so as to enable them to continue to purchase as much as before. And another way of preventing overproduction of mere necessities and comforts will be to employ a larger number of workers producing the refinements and pleasures of life. More artistic houses and furniture and pictures and musical instruments and so forth and in the centre of every large district, a large institution or pleasure house could be erected, containing a magnificently appointed and decorated theatre, a concert hall, lecture hall, gymnasium, billiard rooms, reading rooms, refreshment rooms, and so on. 
a detachment of the industrial army would be employed as actors and artists and musicians and singers and entertainers. In fact, everyone that can be spared from the most important work of all, that of producing the necessities of life, would be employed in creating pleasure and culture and education. And all these people, like the other branches of the public service, will be paid with paper money, and with it, all of them will be able to purchase abundance of all those things which constitute civilization. And meanwhile, as a result of all of this, the kind-hearted private employers and capitalists would find that no one would come and work for them to be driven and bullied and sweated for the miserable trifle of metal money that's scarcely enough to purchase sufficient of the necessities of life to keep body and soul together. And these kind-hearted capitalists will protest against what some will call the unfair competition of state industry. And some of them may threaten to leave the country and take their capitalist capital with them. And most of these persons are too lazy to work. And as we will not need their money, we should be very glad to see them go. But with regard to their real capital, their factories, their farms, their mines or machinery, well, that will be a different matter. Because to allow all these things to remain idle or unproductive would constitute an injury to the community. So a law will be passed declaring that all land not cultivated by the owner or any factory shut down for more than a specified time will be taken possession of by the state and work for the benefit of the community. And fair compensation will be paid for in paper money to the former owners who will be granted an income or pension of so much a year, either for life or for a stated period, according to the circumstances and the age of the persons concerned.